is Rant Delicious. Welcome to the SEO Rant. My name is Morty Oberstein. You might know me as the SEO liaison over at Wix, but let me be very clear with you. This has nothing to do with that. That's that. This is this. That's Morty and Wix. This is just Morty. Well, now it's Morty and somebody else. We have a great guest with you. But before we get to our great guest, here's how this works. I release a rant whenever I want to. Um, there is no set schedule. You can't force a good rant. That does make it hard for you to know when the next episode is coming. It makes it hard because I don't even know when the next episode is coming. So you might want to subscribe. Not a marketing ploy, just a pure practical piece of advice. You can subscribe um, at the SEORant.com. You can check us out on Stitcher, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, wherever great and subpar podcasts are found. And you can check us out at Twitter um, at SEORant, or you can follow me on Twitter at Morty Oberstein. Enough about the formalities because we have a wonderful guest for you today. He's not out to lunch. He is SEO for lunch. He's probably SEO's biggest Viking fan. If not, it's only Viking fan. I'm literally looking at him. He's muted at a, a, a Adrian Peterson signed jersey framed sitting right behind him. He is Nick Leroy. How are you? Hey, Morty. How's it going? Good. Dude, I, I'm, I'm loving, like, every time I speak with you, I love the Vikings paraphernalia behind you. Hey, you know, as, as you and I have talked about, I only get so much ownership of the house, and this is one room where I get to do kind of whatever I want to do, and <laughs> it's Vikings. <laughs> good for you. Like, totally good for you. I wish I had, like, it for my Steelers, but uh, I don't. I just so wish we had is. the Steelers record this year, so, but we won't oh, get hey, into that. <laughs> that's true. Okay. We could talk about football for a long time, but we're here to talk about SEO. Um, the way this generally works is, as opposed to other podcasts that I've done or that exist out there, it's really your show. I'm just here to facilitate. So, Nick, what's on your mind? Fantastic. So I want to talk about SEO employment, specifically kind of balancing the pros and cons of working at an agency or going out on your own and being freelance, which I had done more recently. So I, that's like right. That's like right, I, was, I said to you before we started, like right up your alley because you were working. Uh, were you agency side or in house? Yeah, so I've been agency side for the last ten years. I've been agency exclusive, and just recently, as of this year, kind of due to COVID, actually, you know, went out on my own and you know have been enjoying it, seeing more success than I have in the rest of my career. And I think this is just a topic that people don't talk about enough. No, definitely not. Oh, before we get into it, a quick plug. Where can people find you? Yeah, so definitely check out my website, nickleroy.com, where you can sign up for my weekly SEO newsletter called the SEO for Lunch. Um, really what it is, is it's just a quick email that you can kind of get the latest and greatest SEO tidbits and articles, as well as updates from the search engines, you know, all over your lunchtime, no more than 10 minutes. I, I subscribe and I actually read it and it's pretty good. Nick's take. Always take a look at Nick's take. Awesome. And the picture, the personal picture. I love you. You do a lot of good stuff in there. Like you have like a personal picture. Like last week's episode was the uh, episode on newsletter was the, your, your, your turkey, your fried turkey. Yeah. Surprisingly, it's interesting. My, my audience is really torn, kind of 50-50. Some people say that they really love that and that's what they enjoy most about the newsletter because what I'm doing is not necessarily unique. There are other... Uh, newsletter providers that will list out kind of like, here's the best content to check out and, you know, why you should read it. Um, but what I try to do is just put a personal spin on it. You know, we all are people first and kind of SEO is second. 
So it's just an opportunity to, you know, connect on a more personal level. And as you called out, you know, we tried a deep frying turkey, <laughs> you know, for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it turned out pretty darn well, but I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit nerve wracking anytime you're boiling, you know, three gallons of, you know, peanut oil <laughs> up to 350 degrees. So, but that's just something fun. Again, a quick snap with your cell phone, um, upload it, say I had a great weekend. I hope everybody else did. And then let's like, get back into the news. Right. Okay, so let's get back into this. So we're talking about you—you—you you, you were a former agency SEO person, and now you've gone. Now you've gone on your own solo. Just what's that like? Just tell us. Like, just go. Tell us about this. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's one of these decisions that I've been wanting to go freelance for so many years. It's not even funny. I mean, I think a lot of people in the SEO space—you know—the people that do a really good job of it are dedicated far more than just kind of the nine to five hours. You know, they're on Twitter, they're reading the articles, they're probably writing the articles, if not, you know, traveling to the conferences and like speaking at them. So really like the best SEOs are not the ones that are just kind of clocking in nine to five. You know, it's the ones that are continuing to learn all day long. Now, the reality is, is when you're on the agency side, there's a lot of benefits to being agency, but you're still kind of paid a flat rate. You know, but if you want to be the best or just continue to challenge yourself and grow, you're going to have to continue to put the effort in far more before, you know, outside of that nine to five hour. And you're just not seeing as much of the rewards, in my opinion. So that's why I want to just talk a little bit more um, just about it as a whole, you know, agencies and freelance. And this is where I'll go on a little bit of a mini rant, first and foremost. I believe agencies are a fantastic place to start if you're new to the, the industry. If you're looking to learn about SEO, you need the best practices. You have people that have processes set up. This is fantastic. You walk in, you literally absorb somebody else's process, which hopefully is good. You know, I know you just recently talked with Andrew and you know, yeah. he kind of <laughs> talked a little <laughs> bit about how not all agencies are the best, but when you find a good one, it is really a great place to start. You get, you know, an introduction to a lot of industries, a lot of techniques and meet some great people. Now, what you'll find, at least in my experience, again, I've been agency side for about 10 years before I went out on my own is you kind of hit this, you know, this wall. At some point in time, there are just hurdles that are nearly impossible to get over, you know, for growth. You know, I would say once you're in the position where you are building those strategies and, you know, those processes, you're going to realize that you're so busy that you're not going to be able to put a lot of effort into your growth, your education, you know, as well as just, um, you know, advancing your knowledge. You're, you're literally trying to make sure that everybody below you is learning and kind of getting up to the level that you're at. Yeah, I think the one, sorry, go ahead, Marty. No, 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 you good, your show, keep going. All right. I'll ask it later. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I do think the one benefit that you have from the growth angle is there tends to be budget. You know, you're getting paid, you know, you have this salary, so you're getting paid anytime that you're growing. Me, I'm a freelance right now. This time that I'm taking with Morty, I'm not getting paid. So, Good to know, but I'm not paying. I don't pay my guests. It's right here on the record. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but this is the fun part. You know, it's like where, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, is when you're freelance, you, you're running a business. So you have to, 
you know, build your brand, you have to get your name out, you have to hopefully, you know, show that you're doing some really good work. So there's a reason to be hired. But all of that is kind of a given on the agency side, you know, they are bringing in the, the clients, you know, you really don't have to deal with any of that, you strictly are learning, you know, talking with your coworkers, you know, executing, and then hopefully going home. But as I said, the back end is, you know, that's a little bit of a slippery slope. And we'll talk about like work life balance a little bit later. Uh, it's like funny because like that's so it's so ironic to me what you just said like you're saying like okay if you move up at an agency you end up focusing and I've had this myself personally I haven't been in an agency but just my various roles where like you end up focusing so much on the management side like trying to like make sure everything's flowing the way that it's supposed to be flowing but now you're saying hey I'm running my own business and I have more time to focus on SEO even though I'm running my own business that's so ironic to me. Yeah, absolutely. At least in my experience, you know, you really start out by just absorbing as much information as you humanly can. You know, you're growing, you're learning, you're executing, hopefully you're measuring and, you know, reporting out. And then at some point in time, you're asked to step up into more of a management role. You know, I think it's a little bit, I don't want to say it's taboo. It just probably isn't scalable. This idea of being like a subject matter expert at that price point within an agency isn't scalable or probably worthwhile to the agency side. So they're asked for you to start training up your own little mini army. Right. You know, so for my instance, you know, it's like, it's Nick, great, you know what you're doing, but how do we get five people underneath you that can do what you do at least to 80%. So that's where you're spending your time. And I would say also like when you become more senior at like an agency, you start doing a lot less SEO. You're overseeing people doing it and you're talking best practices. You're talking about what hypothetically should work and you're really pulled away from, you know, the actual day-to-day grind of SEO. Can I tell you? So our, our SEO product manager over at Wix is trying to um, interview SEOs about their workflows for their own product development. So I'm like, all right, I'll connect you with this person and that person. Here's a big name for you. And she's like, Morley, this is great. These are wonderful people. They're really interesting to talk to, but they, they don't actually do SEO, Morty. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I never really thought of that. Like, okay, you need to speak to, you know, the worker bees. Or she told me that. It wasn't me. She said, she's like, I want to speak to the worker bees. And that's yeah. where the real SEO happens. Like, you don't see that on, on, on Twitter. It's like, right. it's a funny thing. No, and it's so true. I mean, I've told a couple people, you know, when I've been hiring, the hardest position for me to hire has always been at like what I refer to as like the senior analyst position. Somebody that's probably in that like three, four years, because at that point, like you should be sufficient and be able to work pretty well. But at that, that kind of pre-manager role, you know, agencies are still trying to get these people at like a pretty cost efficient, you know, (laughs) salary as well. So it's, it's really, really hard to find somebody in that role where they can just walk in and start dominating without having the responsibilities of like management and the paycheck that goes with more of a management position. So I want to definitely get to the, the, the work-life balance because I've seen you talk about it a million times on Twitter and I love every time you talk about this. Um, but I just want to ask you, do you feel like going out and, and freelancing is for a certain type of personality? Like, did it be, is it like a very much independent personality? Because you're saying, you're saying, you know, you can't really like grow as a, as a, as a, as an SEO individual because, Hey, we don't want you to get too big. We rather just you scale up five more of you at the same time, because you have to, I would have to imagine that going out on your own, like, like you did is, I mean, it's probably scary as hell. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, honestly, like I said, there's so many years, especially towards the last couple on the agency side, you know, once I hit kind of that senior manager director level where you're sitting in meetings all day long, like you kind of get used to it. And it's a very comfortable position to talk about SEO best practices. Then to like literally go home, open up my laptop and do it. Like it was really exciting for me because it was just kind of validation of like, oh, great. You still know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and what you talk about you know, is still adding value. You know, a lot of these agencies, like I said, you have a small army behind you. You say do this, they execute it, and it should work. But we already have an issue with a lot of people in the industry talking the talk without necessarily walking the walk. And I think we run into issues with that. And it is a pure scalability. It's not like and you're wrong or right, but that's how like agencies have to work. No, it makes so, total sense. Just Yeah. And so when you get into the freelance world, especially if you're like an individual, you know, contractor, you have to be the business owner, the manager, you know, and the, the actual executor, you know, yourself. Yeah. So a, it, it kind of brings up, um, oh, shoot, I can't remember the title, so cut this part off. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 there's no editing. Sorry, buddy. Oh, bummer. <laughs> I'm total bummer. <laughs> I, was like, I can't even remember what it's called anymore, but I was reading a really good book. And they were saying just that it was literally, um, you know, oh, sorry, it's the E-Myth Revisited. So a lot of people have probably heard of this book, but basically what the author does is they talk about how when you are the owner, you have all the hats, you know, you're the execution, you're the bookkeeper, you're the promoter and all that. So I think going right back to your question, though, I do think it takes a certain type of personality to go out on your own. And I think you also nailed one of the other key components, at least when it comes to me doing it, is there's a lot of control. You know, I flourish in an environment where I can make the decisions and I'm not being second guessed or, you know, somebody is nitpicking you or kind of looking over your shoulder. And in my experience, that's exactly what the agency life is. You know, there's always somebody who's your boss. So you're trying to do what you need to do but there's always somebody you're trying to impress and make sure like, you know, you're getting their, their two thumbs up, their sign of approval. Whereas the freelance world, your sign of approval is you're paying your bills. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you have individual clients that are all your bosses. It's not one individual manager who determines whether you succeed or fail. So my last question before we get into the work-life balance, does that, cause I've taught, I've heard people say like, I, like the clients is like, it's great, but like, I can't, it's like, I can't handle it. It's like too annoying. I'd rather just have one boss. Well, and I think honestly, that's probably what probably differentiates whether you would enjoy agency or maybe even an in-house role versus freelance, you know? And I think, oh, how do I even say this? Like a lot of people will tell you that, the success of your job and how happy you are is direct, directly correlated to your manager. So if you are okay and you have a good relationship and you're finding that your job is fulfilling and you're able to meet your requirements, you know, from like a financial standpoint, agency life can be good. I mean, it really is all about what kind of success and growth you want. You know, for me personally, I'm never happy with what I have. I always want to do better, get more, achieve more. And I am a big proponent of just like leaning into that. 
you know, if you want to shoot for the moon, like I think freelance gives you the ultimate limit, limitless, you know, situation. Whereas agency, again, you're, um, you're potentially limited by somebody else's perspective or how you fit within, you know, their brand, their voice, you know, their deliverables. It's your life. It's your life. Live your life. This is a, a mini rant within a rant. Nice. So one of the conversations that I've had at a couple different agencies is this idea of a C-level employee. And the reason that I say C-level is you have kind of like your A-plus workers, the people that probably should be freelancers because they can own more, they can make more, they'll have more, you know, but they don't. And those are your, your gold employees. You want to treat them like gold. <laughs> but then there's this idea of C-employees. And I call them C as in just kind of like the grade. It's not that they're bad employees, but they maybe don't have the motivation to be that A plus person. They really want a nine to five job. They want to do good work, but they, they're not worried about being promoted. They're not worried about making six figures or more. You know, they're definitely not driving the, you know, the Ferrari. Like that's just not the stuff that motivates them. They have other hobbies and that's great. Like, in fact, there are plenty of times where I wake up and I'm like, I really want to do that. Like I want to make 50K, pay my bills, and just be happy punching and punching out. Now, I think in the agency world, there's always this idea of all people need to be working hard to level up all day, every day. And if you're not, that's like a sign of like a bad employee. Whereas I think there is a role and there's a lot of value in like C employees. The only caveat to this is I think there needs to be very, very clear expectations. When you have a C employee or you are the C employee, you have to have goals and compensation and rewards that match that type of output. So if you're going to be a C employee or you have one, you shouldn't be having conversations about consistently wanting to level up to a manager position or above, you know, or get compensation or the new projects because you've made it clear that you want to execute at a certain level. So I, that's just a conversation that I've had with a couple different leaders and lots of people, you know, disagree with me, but really? I'd be curious, you know, people that are listening to this podcast, you know, what they think, you know, tweet I, us on Twitter. <laughs> I, I have my, I, I can't put my thumb on that scale, but I, I think I'm going to leave it to the audience for that one. I'm, yeah, that's, I, I really like that point but I'm not gonna put my thumb anymore on that scale. Okay, let's talk about work-life balance because you talk about this a lot and I love the way you talk about it and it is such an important thing and it's unique because you, when you, and you'll talk about it, you'll talk about it. Yeah, but I mean, let's definitely talk about work-life balance. It's something that I personally have struggled with a lot and I've made a lot of excuses for why I don't have mine. Um, For, I mean, I've worked with agencies where I've worked, probably closer to like a 35 hour week, you know, and I've worked to some that are 45 minimum. I think the, the things that aren't talked about a lot are what are kind of the additional hours that aren't necessarily counted in your time tracker. You know, for instance, I live like an hour away from the cities like Minneapolis where, you know, where I'm from and where I've worked at. So every single day, I have two hours of driving time that goes on top of my eight, nine, 10, 11 hour job. And for me, when I think about like work-life balance, at first it was, 
how much more or less am I putting in around that 40, 45 hours? You know, kind of what we're expected for, you know, we're getting paid a salary. The idea is that we're going to work, you know, somewhere around that 40 hour range. But what I didn't realize until later, and really it was when I had kids, was when you work 40 hours and you drive two hours and God forbid you want to like do a workout before or after work, you're gone for 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it turns into a really long day. No. And it's, so, it's true. The, the kid, you come home, the kids are sleeping and you haven't seen them. Yep. Yep. My wife and I had had a rule and I, I almost hate myself for like agreeing to it was, you know, my kids, when they were younger, they went to bed about 730. God if bless. I wasn't going to be home before 730, I was asked to actually stay out until they'd go to bed. Because right. when you have dad come home uh-huh. oh, yeah. in the middle of bedtime routine, That's it. You, th- you throw everything up. You know, they right. want their hugs and kisses and reading books. You know, all the things that I crave, but aren't necessarily the best for them. Right. And this also just goes hand in hand. You know, I talk about, you know, someone is probably listening to this and they're going, well, Nick, that's your fault. You're, you're driving an hour completely agree with you what (laughs) you may not you know be thinking about is some of the biggest benefits and you know the selling points which are probably less relevant in COVID days um, but you hear about if we have the kegerators in the office we have ping pong you know we do happy hours so when you work your eight nine ten hour day you go to the bar spend another two hours you know and then you know have to catch up on some emails before you go to bed. Yeah. It's like, again, 12 hour days, really, really quick. A hundred percent. Whereas I think freelance the, the, so, I mean, the, let me finish that up real quick, but like on the agency side, the benefit is, you know, you're building those relationships, the networks, you know, and there's a lot of value, especially when you're younger. I think that when you're younger, like going out and drinking and, you know, having the groups, you know, like that, that is really exciting. I think as you get older and, you know, priorities maybe change a little bit, there's a little bit of give and take, you know, going to these type of secondary activities are considered good, like in agency perspective, you know, your team building, you know, you're building these relationships, but these are all extra hours. And it's not that every, you know, couple of weeks going out and having a drink is bad. But a lot of agencies pride themselves and they sell it as, you know, we have free flowing beer 24 seven. And before you know it, you know, I was gone three nights out of the week, you know, at minimum, which meant I didn't have dinner with my family for three or four days a week. It's a real problem. I don't think people like, you know, I know when you're young, you don't appreciate all you young people out there. You whippersnappers. You whippersnappers. You don't appreciate this, but like time is precious and it's very hard to, to get it all. It's hard to get it right. You have your job, you have your kids, you have your, your, your significant other. It's very hard to get it. All, and you have yourself, which is a whole other problem. Yep. It's very hard to get it right. And that flexibility, which I kind of think that COVID is sort of like, I hope it's ingrained into, into us. Like that's really beneficial. And it's beneficial for work. It's beneficial for your life. It's just beneficial across the board. It's not easy to get that right. And having that flexibility is, it's, I don't know how to put words to how valuable it is. You're so right, Morty. I mean, if there's anything that I've learned of value, especially as my kids are getting older, you know, is just figuring out that, you know, my time is worthwhile. You know, we've all heard, 
people say that you're never on your deathbed wishing that you sent out that last email right. or, you know, punching out the last couple you know, hours in a meeting for a client deliverable. So, I mean, it just, I think it's something, it's not saying like this is right or wrong, or you have to hit this limit. I think it's really about being aware, mm-hmm. you know, and there's just a lot of excuses and I made every single one of them. You know, I still am working on it. You know, and I'm working from home full time. I see my kids all day, every day as they're doing their school from home. And it's the happiest that I've ever been, you know, and it's just fantastic. I mean, I think that's just one of those benefits that, you know, freelancing allows you to do. And hopefully a lot of agencies will adopt more of the work at home and kind of more of a permanent position, because I think that helps bridge that gap between you don't have to make a full commitment to agency or freelance. You can kind of get the best of both worlds. Yeah. And if you're a hermit and don't like beer night, also good for you. <laughs> that's that's a good point to end on. Um, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. I love talking to you. And I really found that I, again, like I, I, I feel like you just kind of like get that with like that work balancing and with the whole thing, by the way, that was really fascinating about the whole like agency as someone who had not worked for an agency. It's really fascinating to hear that. But I, I really, I really, really appreciate that work-life balancing that you talk so much about. And you should definitely follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Leroy um, on Twitter because you do show some really cool stuff with your kids and you're going camping or boating. So definitely follow Nick, um, gain some life perspective. So thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thank you, Marty, for having me. Okay. That'll do it for us. Again, check out Nick, um, NickLeroy.com, SEO for lunch. When will the next SEO rant be? We don't know. No one knows. God himself knows, but other than that, no one knows. And if you're an atheist and even he doesn't know. Um, so again, subscribe on the SEORant.com, tw- Twitter, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can find us, you can subscribe and follow us. Thank you again for tuning in. Talk to you next time. Toodles.